Bible says. He demonstrated his love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I don't know about you. That just blows me away. You know, the Bible says that, you know, there may be a time when somebody would die for a good man or a righteous man. You know, that may, may happen because the person was so good. Maybe. But there's no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Do you get that? God has called us his friends. And we've, we've spoken about this before. Your family, you're stuck with them. <laughs> like it or not, you're stuck with them. There ain't nothing you can do because you're blood. You follow me? <laughs> Sometimes that's really good, and sometimes it's, oh, not so good, not so easy, right? I'm just going to leave that one right there and move on from there. (laughs) But friends, friends are people you choose to have around you. And God has called us his friends. Man, oh man, that just speaks volumes to me and and you know what? There are so many times that I just, I just fall down. And I, I don't measure up. And it says in Romans, you know, that we've all sinned and do what? We fall short of the glory of God. God has expectations, doesn't he? And if we don't measure up to those expectations, we fall short. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that the wages, our earnings from sin, is death. Okay? The gavel has fallen on the judge's desk. And we have been pronounced guilty because of our sin. But somebody stepped in and said, I will take their sin upon myself. Punish me for their sin. Can you you imagine that? Can you imagine that? In Isaiah, it talks about our Alvern. Surely he bore our sins and our, our infirmities And all of the sins of the whole world were heaped upon him. And when he carried that cross to Calvary, that mount, and he was nailed to to that cross. And people walked by and they looked and they saw him. And it was pitiful. It was just plain pitiful. And it was gruesome. And people mocked him as they would walk by. 
He's the king of the Jews. Why doesn't he call his soldiers to come and take him down? Come and fight for him. He saved others. Why can't he save himself? And they, they spit at him. And all kinds of terrible things. And yet, the weight of those people's sins that are saying these things, and you and me, was heaped upon his shoulders. And when we, we reject what was done on the cross, it's in a sense as if we're walking by that cross. <laughs> and we're just mocking Jesus. As he's hanging there dying for us. And we're thumbing our nose. <laughs> thumbing our nose at the one who was bearing our own sin. We just celebrated Easter a little while ago, and it's a really special time, and there's a lot of power in there. But I don't think there has ever been a year more so than this year. I just, I just feel this urgency, and I've talked to you about it at length, I think. Just feel this urgency to, to get people into the kingdom, man. Things are coming close, you know. And the things talked about in the Bible and Revelation and in Daniel are coming. They're coming to pass. And we need to make sure that we're ready. And I, I told you recently that I, I did the funeral for Emil Smith. Some of you may have known him. There were so many people here paying their respect for Emil. Emil, I had spoken. He was here. He was here. And within a few days, he was gone. He was gone. You know, we're not guaranteed one more day. I don't think that Emma planned that he would die that day. I don't think that he planned he was going to die that way. But he did. And his family never got to say goodbye. Any arguments that were had in the family were unresolved. It's over. It's over. And you don't have the opportunity to fix it anymore. We're not guaranteed another day. We're not, we don't know when the Lord is going to return. And the Bible says that we can watch for the signs, and, and we're getting to know these signs, aren't we? As we're studying the Word of God, we're getting to know these signs so that we can recognize them. But we don't know. And so what is our response to be? How do we respond to these things, you know? The Bible says to be alert. To be alert. To watch. To pray. Right? To be ready. Well, that's all good and well, but how are we to be ready? How, are, how do we get ready? You know, do we, do we pack a bunch of food away 
yeah, that's probably a good thing to do. Do we, I don't know. <laughs> do we wig out and we get, we get all nervous and jerky? No, no, no that's, that's not it at all. Do we take on this survivalist mentality and thus to preserve our lives? Well, I don't know. <laughs> all these things are probably Good. Anything that you can do to preserve your life, yeah, that's a good thing. However, when your physical life ends here, your spiritual life will continue. Your spiritual life will continue. And we will spend eternity either with God in the presence of God or in a place where God is totally absent. Do you follow me? And we call that hell. All right? So when we die, our physical bodies die, our spiritual bodies will go on and either be with God or in torment away from God. A place where there is no good and all of evil is housed, if you will. when we reject what Jesus did on the cross. God made a way. God provided a way that we could once again be in right standing with the Father. Do you follow me? And it's not by our anything that we've done. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But the Bible says in John 3.16, and you, you may know this scripture, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Our bodies won't live forever, but our spirits will live forever. Amen? And so we watch and we pray and we prepare the best that we know how. And we make the most of our time that we have. Every day, whether we get one more day or we get a thousand or ten thousand more days, we watch and we pray and we prepare and we make the most of our days. Do you understand? Are you with me? We make the most of them. What does that mean? We love, we show the love of Christ to the deserving and the undeserving. And we preach the good news, as the Bible says. The gospel means good news. And we preach, we speak those things to our friends and our family and anybody who will listen. We tell them the good news of what Jesus did on the cross and that it's for you and it's for me and that we don't have to live our lives in chains anymore to sin. We don't have to live our lives in chains to addiction anymore. Do you have an addiction today? I've had a few of those. Do you have an addiction? And no matter what you've tried, you just can't get free. I've tried all the 12-step programs. 
I've tried this, I've tried that, I've, and nothing works. But all those things, all those addictions have been nailed to the cross with the Savior. And He took that upon Himself. And so because of that, you are free. And the Bible says, He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Yeah. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The Bible says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What is the truth? (laughs) What is the truth? Jesus is the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The truth will set you free. What was done on the cross will set you free. Is it going to be easy? Not from what I've found. I have heard it said that people are delivered from their addictions immediately. That's not the way it happened for me. It's not, I'm not saying that's going to be the way it is for you. But I will tell you that the Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm not going to abandon you to your addiction. I'm not going to leave you alone with it. There is power over addiction. There is power. You see, when you understand, you know, I've been trying to get the same message preached for three weeks now. (laughs) God just has other plans than what I got in mind. (laughs) And Isaiah says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. You know? There is a power that is greater than any other power in this universe. And that is the power of God. And when you understand that and you compare the problems in your life and you stand them up next to each other, this problem, okay, this addiction, Problems in your marriage, problems with your children, problems with your job, whatever the problems with your health, all these things. And you, you take them and you compare them to how big God is. <laughs> Come on. Really. You see the power that is on your side. All the powers of heaven. All the angels, the armies of heaven, God himself, and the power, the great power of the cross. I'm so glad we left this thing up here. The great power of what was done on a cross, something like this, is the same power that can set you free from your addictions, can set you free from whatever it is that torments your mind. That, that binds you in fear. And when you look at the problem and all you see is this massive problem, and it's mountainous, and it would seem impassable, God 
looks at it and he laughs. It's nothing. It's nothing. Have you ever seen what a mustard seed looks like? Some time ago, we passed a whole bunch of them things out in a little bag so that everybody could see what a mustard seed looks like. Right? Maybe you've had um, homemade uh, or maybe even bought um, sweet pickles. Those little round things in there. Right? Mustard seed. Okay? We're going to be talking about food right now. <laughs> mustard seed. Oh, yesterday was a good day, wasn't it? <laughs> All right, back to fact. Focus. Mustard seed, the Bible says. If you have faith as small as that little tiny round thing that you see in those pickle jars, that's pretty small, isn't it? That's pretty small. The Bible says. If you have faith like that, if that's all you can muster up, you can move mountains. And the Bible says that you can tell this mountain to be thrown into the sea. I just, I can't wrap my head around that. But I can wrap my head around the fact, and I've been in places where I say to God, I don't know if I have enough faith to believe what you're telling me right now. But if you can muster a tiny bit, tiny bit of faith, God, and all of heaven is on your side. And the Bible says that if God is for you, who in all of the world or in the spiritual realm can be against you? Because all the powers that created the universe, do you follow that? All of the power that did that, that made the plan of salvation and brought it to completion, all the powers that did that is behind you and on your side. Isn't that awesome? Almost two years ago now, I was at Pastor Dan Thurber's church. You know Pastor Dan? He's a good friend of mine. I love him dearly. Myself and my band were up there leading worship, and I've told you this story, and, and my back was just terrible. I've had surgery after surgery. I've got so much hardware in my back, it's not, not even funny right now. And nothing did the trick. I was in pain every day, all day, and all night. And we're talking about addictions, which led to my addiction to OxyContin. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there right now. I can tell you, I'm free. God will set you free. Hallelujah. Yeah. And I was there that day leading worship. And I remember before I could even get there, before I left my home, I was just laying on the couch thinking, God, I don't have the strength to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I've got all these people depending on me. And so we went and, and we did our worship set, and, and this man was there speaking. Dale Everett was his name. And uh, he was the speaker for that evening. And very humble man, and he was just preaching the word, and not very showy. I can't stand it when people are showy. Do you, are you with me on that? A lot of stuff on TV you see is really showy, isn't it? And they like to make it a big spectacle, and they kind of make a circus out of it, don't they? I hate that. That really just... Burns my biscuits. I don't like that at all. Your biscuits have ever been burned? 
Uh, let's move on. <clears throat> it just irritates me. You understand what I'm saying? And I think that it makes the things of God look ridiculous. And it bothers me. I don't like that. <clears throat> However, this man was not that way. Very humble, loving, very accurate to the scriptures. And he was saying, he said, if you need God to heal you, I just want you to raise your hand. And so I was sitting down, everybody in the place was standing up, and so I, I raised my hand, you know. I figured that wouldn't cost me anything. <laughs> and he said, so what? I want you to just, if you raised your hand, I want you to move the area that you need God to heal you. And so I was just sitting there, you know, and I figured, well, I can move my back without anybody really noticing what I'm doing, right? So I just kind of moved my back a little bit. And, uh, and as I did that, bam, my back just popped and scared the daylights out of me. With all the hardware I've got in my back, my back is not supposed to do that. So it scared me. And I was like, whoa. And then I did it again, bam, the same thing happened again. And now I'm really freaked out. I haven't heard that before in a long, long time. And I know that if that's going on, something is moving in there that's not supposed to be moving. Okay? And I did it another time, and the same thing happened again. And by now I'm beginning to question, God, are you doing something to me? Most people by now would have picked up on that. I'm just a little slow sometimes. And I, I said that to God in, in my heart. I said, are you really doing something to me, God? And I said this, because I don't know if I have the face to believe that anymore. I don't know if I can do that anymore. I've been prayed for a million times. I've had surgeries. None of it has helped at all. And I don't know if I have a face to believe what you might be doing right now. And as I said those words in my heart, this man said, unbelief looks for the problem. Belief looks for the answer. Unbelief looks for the problem. Belief Looks for the answer. What are you looking for today? What are you looking for today? Are you looking for the problem? Are you looking for the answer? Jesus is the answer to your problem today. And he said, and so as, as he said those things, my back popped one more time so loud that I dropped my phone. Yeah. I was writing down what he had just said, you know. Unbelief looks for the problem, so I'm typing that into my phone. And my back popped so loud. It was way louder than the others, and I looked around to see if somebody else had heard it. And I dropped my phone. And I was scared. I was scared to move. It was so loud, and it was so forceful. I felt it in my body. And I knew that I knew that I knew that God really was 
healing me. After 15 years of disability, 15 years of pain, God healed me. And he said, if, if you felt God move in you and heal you, God did something, anything at all, I want you to come forward. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Because <laughs> at this point, I still wasn't absolutely positively sure. I knew something had happened. And so I said, okay. I walked forward. And people were lining up, telling what God did for them that day. And it went on and it went on for a while. And as I'm beginning to stand there, I'm beginning to feel that pain again in my back. I'm like, oh, great. He's going to come to me, stuff the microphone in my face, and I'm going to have to tell what happened. And I'm hurting here. I said, I don't want to do that, Lord. And so after time, he'd come by. He'd pass by me a couple of times, thinking that I was just there to help probably, you know. And some lady that was in front of me was receiving prayer, and he was praying for her. So I just kind of reached out my hands, you know, I was praying for her as well. And as I began to touch her, the pain just, whoosh, just went away again. And this whole time, after that big loud crack, I'm just feeling this, this warmth. I don't know how to describe that. It felt like you know, when you're standing in the shower, forgive me for the graphic of this, but you're standing in the shower, you feel that heat you know, going down your back. That's what it felt like to me. And um, so... I stood there, I prayed for that lady like when he was praying her, praying for her, touching her. And as I did that, the pain went away. And it's never come back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Friends, that's the God that we serve. What are you up against today? What's going on in your life? That brings you here today. Maybe you're in a place where... Bill, I'm going to ask that you come to the keyboard here. Will you stand with me? Where are you at in your own life that God has led you to this place? Because I believe that. God has led you to this place. Maybe it's, it's for the first time ever in your whole life. I believe that God wants to work in your heart and in your life. I believe that God has been seeking after you. And even though we have continually rejected Him, He has just stayed at a distance watching and waiting for you to come and say, I give my life to you. I surrender to you. When we surrender, maybe you've been here before, okay? As I paint this picture. Maybe you've been to a place where you've heard the words, freeze! <laughs> okay? And you surrender. All right? We got a few police officers in our midst. Maybe you've said those words, freeze! And you expect people to surrender. Well, whatever side you're on, surrendering is the option that we need to use. Would you agree? Because I wonder, as you have lived your life, the way that you know how to live your life, I wonder 
how that has ended up for you. How has that worked for you? Well, I'm going to do it my own way. I don't need all that church business. I don't need all that baloney. I'm going to do it my own way. Wrong answer. And I just ask you, honestly, how has that worked for you? Maybe it's worked well. Maybe it hasn't worked well. And we've talked about this before. Sometimes we need to take inventory of our own lives and see what has been working and what has not been working. And I think that you're going to find some things that are not working. And I want you to know that God loves you more than you could ever understand. And it's out of his great love for you that he has given his only son as a sacrifice to pay the price for your sins. As you and I stand before a judge and the gavel falls and we've been pronounced guilty, Jesus was the one that stepped in and he says, I will take payment for what he did. Whatever the sentence is for this person's life, I take it. You go free. And that's exactly what Jesus did for you and for me. Thank you, Lord. I hope that you understand that. I hope that you realize what has been done for you out of the greatness of his love, that sacrificial love. And you know, sometimes you would say, I, I've just been so bad. I've made a total mess of my life. How could God ever take me back? Why would God want somebody like me? I've made a mess of my whole life. Why would God want somebody like that? (laughs) That's his great love. That's called unconditional love. That somebody loves you in spite of what you've done. And that's the way God's love is for you and for me. You understand that? I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm going to invite you to come forward. I'm going to ask you to suck up as much strength and courage as you can. And I'm going to ask you to come forward and just come to this altar and just bow your knee to Jesus Christ, the one that has been seeking after you and waiting for you to come. He wants to help you. He is on your side. All that you have to do is receive him and say, yes. Would it? What you did is what I need. I receive it. I'm going to give you that opportunity. Bill's going to sing a song. And as we sing that song, I'm going to ask you to be brave and courageous. And I'm going to ask you to come forward and receive the Lord as your Lord and Savior. Let's sing.
you come? Come as Bill was singing. Just come. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Just come. Every hour I need you. My one defense. My righteousness. Oh God. How I need you. Come on, everybody. Come on. I know God's working. I know God's been speaking to you. Don't resist. Come on. time through just come just come what have you got to lose whatever you've been doing in your life where has that gotten you if you continue doing what you've done you're going to continue to get what you've always gotten do you follow what i'm saying you need to do something different there's a scripture in the bible that says taste and see that i am good i'm inviting you god is inviting you to taste and see that he is good. Come forward as we sing. with me this morning and I'm going to invite you to just pray right there where you are if you feel so inclined we're not going to force you to do anything that you don't want to do that you feel uncomfortable doing but we're going to provide this opportunity the Bible says that now is the time today is the day of salvation don't wait don't wait don't wait Pray with me. We're just going to pray that prayer again that we prayed earlier when we were in worship. And if you feel God has been moving in your heart, you pray along with us. Lord Jesus, I know that I need you. I've tried by myself, and I can't do it. I know that I have sinned and fallen short of all of your glory. And I'm asking you today to come into my life and save me. Save me from my sin. Save me from myself. Today, 
I receive what you did on the cross as payment for my sin. Help me, Lord, to live my life for you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer either here at the altar or in your seats, will you do me a favor? Will you come and see me or will you come and see one of the elders? God bless you. I love you. I hope that you'll come back next week. I'll see you.